Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. In this Stop Hammer Time, we discuss the three games of football that have taken place since we last spoke to you. And we discuss whether we run won the right one. <laughs> We picked one, won that one, and lost the other two. But uh, did, we win, did we win the right game? Let's discuss this uh, during this week's episode with my guests. Uh, sporting journalistic legend par excellence, it's Jim Monroe. But we couldn't get him, so we've got Jim instead. <laughs> Jim's here. Uh, also, the greatest legal mind of our generation, it is Simon Pentel QC. Good evening. Lovely to see you again. Marvellous. Uh, now... Um, Let's go straight in. We played three games of football. Should we talk about uh, Bournemouth I, first? I would argue we'd only played two games of football. No, that's true. <laughs> no, that's an excellent point. Yeah. That's an excellent point. We'll discuss, uh, we'll discuss the non-game of football that we, we uh, arguably turned up and played. W- was yeah. there a game of football yeah. midweek <laughs> last week? Yes, very strange. But at the weekend, we played Bournemouth. We did. And, uh, you know, last, last week, there was a term, well, tone, not quite of pessimism, but of, uh, you know, it was caution, caution, yeah. because uh, they're a little bit of a banana skin for us, Bournemouth. And they're, very, they're a very tidy, well-organized team, pacey. Yeah. Um, they've always troubled us with their pace. And sort of strong. Wilson and King are strong. So, you know, a two-all draw felt like a pretty it's good result. It's one of those where you're happy at the end yeah. of the... At the end of the day, Brian, um, when you've gone 1-0 up and you're thinking, we've got a chance to actually stamp some authority on Bournemouth for once, because as you mentioned, their, their style of play does seem to profit some goals against us. They don't mm. always beat us, some very no. high-scoring draws. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then our friend uh, VAR stepped in after a yes, right. four-day wait, and it, it kind of brought them back into the game. And then... What was pleasing for me was we did lose our way for a bit, but mm. then obviously we fought, fought back. Ultimately, at the end of the game, you know, the stats uh, gave us right, most quite possession, most chances, yeah, yeah. most shots, most corners. Yeah. We, you know, the, the stats made us um, look kind of on top in that game. I which... think it was a game that's so typical insofar as throughout different stages of the game, your level of ultimate disappointment um, changed because at mm. 1-0 up early doors you thought if we can only hold on for 15 minutes we might get a result here yeah. and when we conceded so soon after half time um, to use the term I'd have taken the draw every day of the week yeah. and when we got back on level terms I actually think we should have gone on and won it mm-hmm. but at the end of it all and trying to be sensible about it mm. you couldn't be too disappointed um, I thought we played quite well um, in patches at times mm. We defended horribly at others yeah. um, And I thought that was the biggest cause for concern um, Having For the last couple of weeks thought That the centre-back pairing of Og Bonner And um, Diop looked really quite handy mm. I thought on Saturday They looked somewhat um, Undermined by the direct running The pace and the strength yeah. Of King and um, the other fellow you mentioned Wilson, him. Wilson, Wilson yeah. thanks for that um, Whereas um, the rest of the team I thought played well and my favourite topic because I always talk about it when I come on um, and there was a lovely article about him in The Guardian of all things last week I think it was by Richard Blake I'm not sure about Mark Noble and he used the term 
he may never be worshipped, but he should always be cherished. And mm. again, you know, everything goes through Nobes, and we are a mm. different team yeah. when he plays than when he doesn't. And mm. anyone who thinks that we can get away without Noble playing, I think, are sadly deluded. Yeah. No, it's it's hard, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, we we talk about this all the time on podcasts, don't we? It's like every every. Every time you think you know you're writing him off, he just comes back stronger than ever. But he's always good in a he's good in a strong team. The you know the match of the day, mm. the scant uh, kind of roundup <laughs> of the highlights from the game sort of said you know he he can play further up the pitch. When yeah. we had the Pie well, he, he has actually been playing a little bit further up the yeah. pitch, hasn't he? I mean, I think I think when the when the passing around him. Mm. Is better. It makes him the passer that he really is, yeah. uh, which is a very good passer of the ball. Oh, he and, is, and um, uh, he hasn't got to kind of scamper back to uh, yeah. mop up a misplaced pass that, no. because nobody's seen his run or because I, you know. That I do think that that pairing between him and, and Declan Rice. Um, stands us in good stead, certainly for the immediate future. Mm. Um, obviously, Nobles Lake has only got so so long to Absolutely. run, but. Um, it, it's, it's a good partnership in the midfield and it gives us a strength and a mobility that we've been lacking. And, and yeah. I thought as well on Saturday um, that Declan Rice is looking more and more the real deal. And it's not mm. surprising, according to media reports today, that West Ham have supposedly slapped a £100 million transfer fee on him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know quite how they've done that if it's not in his contract, but that's another story. Um, I, I think Get on the that, case, son. Well, I'm, I'm trying to. But I think, I think that, um, you know, Declan Rice is now really, week on week, proving what a proper footballer is and, yeah. and a linchpin. He just mo- mops up everything, he stays calm, and he's looking like a genuine, genuine footballer. He had something like a 93% pass success rate yes. on Saturday. Yes. I mean, for an away game, that's, that's an amazing yeah, stat. Was I was also pleased to see Yarmolenko's beginning to win over some of his doubters. Uh, I mean, I thought he looked great before the injury last season. I yeah, thought he that, did. I thought when he came on, you know, and he was introduced quite slowly by Pellegrini, who, yeah. who quite openly said, yeah, I, I want him to watch some games yeah, first yeah. and get used to the kind of, you know, the, the, the tone of the Premier League, mm. the pace, the, you know, just the, the style of play. And then he'll come in and fit. And, and he did. He came into that Everton game and <laughs> immediately yeah. scored two goals and sort of took control. And I think he... Um, you know, he's a talented player. He wants the ball as well. He, demi- he, you know, he looks for the ball a lot. Yeah. And then when he gets it, he keeps it. He has a little run with it and sees what he it can do. Well, he's not got great pace. No, no, but no. I don't think he ever had. And, and I confess that I've never been impressed particularly with the idea of playing um, your wingers or wide players on the wrong side insofar as he plays on the right and cuts in with his left. Mm. Yeah. But... He's sort of scoring that goal now, cutting in yeah. from the right with his left f- yeah. foot. Yes. Week after week yeah, after right. week, and it seems that no one can actually work out quite how to if, stop if it. If you look at it, though, we've got that nice balance now. So you've got Fredericks will bomb into the right-hand corner and do the in-swinger. Yama will do the, as you say, cut back and put in the left-footed cross. Same on the, on the, the other side. You've got Cresswell bomb down the left, can swing it in, and Anderson will cut in on his right. So we actually... The only thing is they keep finding each other. They're not finding mm. Haller in the middle. <laughs> well, so, well, they're not. I mean, a uh, lovely goal, though. The... the, uh, the Perfect pass from uh, Anderson, which yeah. which uh, Allaire controlled very well, very and, well. and his weighted pass right in front of Yarmolenko was. Yeah. It's exactly the sort of thing that the bless him, Antonio would balls up. He might control yes. the ball, but then kind of <laughs> hit it so it hard it would go out from throwing. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but, uh, and then Yarmo's shot was great. Yeah. You know? um, and I thought the second goal was a very mm. well-constructed goal. Yeah. Um, mm. Again, it was, it was like Yarmo, you know, that played the same ball um, 10 minutes earlier where yeah. um, Anderson fluffed the header. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this time he sort of chickened out and decided the best way actually was to head it behind him in the hope <laughs> that um, Kreza. But Saturday, I thought, for me, was after the previous Sunday. I'm hoping, really hoping, because I'm a real big fan of, of Aaron Creswell, mm. that he's actually returning now mm. to the sort of player we always thought he was. I thought yeah. he was yeah. terrific against Man United. I thought he had he a very good game on Saturday. And I'm sorry for all the fans of Arthur Masuaku. He terrifies the life out of me defensively. Yeah. Yes, he does. And with Kreza 
playing like a proper fullback again, um, balancing up Fredericks on the other side. It's all looking really, really good. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a, it was a good performance. Yeah, and the, the, those were two very nicely constructed goals, weren't they? Yeah. They were, they were, you know, uh, they felt like proper. The, the only thing I would say with Yarmolenko is I was watching him against Norwich because obviously he was just finding his feet back in that game, and he was doing a lot of just hugging the touchline, almost to the point where the Norwich defenders were were missing him, and mm-hmm. then he suddenly he'd reappear. But then he's got a habit of floating back as well. Mm, and he did mm. that again on Saturday. And he, it was him who played Wilson onside when the defence right, had moved up. Right. And it was Yarmolenko who was actually playing him onside. Correct. Yeah. And it's, you know, he's just... Someone's got to tell him not to go near yeah. the penalty area. Just, you know, the, set my mark. And right, Yarmo, mm-hmm. you're not going back beyond that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's true. Yeah, so... Uh, some attacking players don't have that mindset, do they? No. They're they not really... Well, particularly as he's looking across the line and he yeah. can see what the defenders are doing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I forgive him. But it was a, it was a good performance. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I want to talk probably, possibly after the break, about those about kind of teams like Bournemouth. And, mm. you know, because, because some of those teams that sort of don't have a lot of money, but they uh, put together very... You know, even going back in time so to, to yeah. Clough's Derby and, uh, you, you know, uh, Bobby Robson's Ipswich and mm. Grant Taylor's Watford. Those sort of teams. I wonder. I wonder if those teams can. You know. I mean, what Leicester did a couple of years ago. I wonder if that's going to happen more, happen less. You know, the, the teams with yeah. all the money. Can there be sort of teams that are kind of you know on a budget that are kind of you know sort of you'd imagine are sort of mid-table teams that yeah. can you know get you know Leicester are sort of you know they they had that very freak, freak, freakish title win, but then mm. they've sort of stayed kind of up in those regions. That there hasn't been a huge reaction in the next well, season. They, they, they lost Mares, but they didn't really lose too many yeah, other Yeah, but they lost Kante, and that was a big loss. Yes. I mean, I've said this before, but you know, Leicester winning the title, and I, I suppose that no one could begrudge them, and I think everyone, unless you're a Tottenham fan, um, which includes most of us, therefore, um, was delighted that they won it that season. But it was um, a perfect alignment of, of all the stars. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, the biggest clubs didn't make it that season. They just, for whatever reason, they didn't play. Mm. And for Leicester, they had that, when they say it was a freakish season, for me it was a freakish season in respect of most players at a club for a number of years will have one standout season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For Leicester, all 11 had their standout season in the same goddamn season. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they had such a and, terrific and year. And avoided injury as well. And avoided mm-hmm. injury and yeah. suspension. Um, and the, and I, I, I agree with your point, Phil, about teams like Bournemouth, like Leicester, and perhaps like ourselves. The, the problem is that they are very, very close, and you can almost throw a sheet over them. But it, we're early days yet into the season. Mm. And it's the strength in depth, to use an old term, that separates the men from the boys. When you look at, say, the Manchester City bench and see how City are suffering over the loss of one centre-back, they're not the team they were. But otherwise, you look at the strength of the bench. And I, I, I was looking at when we played Man United the other week, and you just looked at our bench and thought, Fuck me. We've got Wilshire on that bench. Mm-hmm. We've got proper... These are proper players that we are bringing on. Fournals is on the bench in yeah. that game. Um, and that's, I think, really what makes it... Ma- what, what counts over the length of a hard season is yeah. the strength in depth that you have. And if you've got that, then you will ultimately make the top four or hit the top itself. Mm. But Bournemouth are hugely dependent upon the front two in particular, staying fit. If you take Wilson, um, for me especially, out of that, Mm. if he gets injured, where do they go after that? It's really powder puff stuff. Mm. Um, So... A lot of clubs, there's very little to choose when they all field their first 11. It's when they don't that the bigger clubs move on and move away. Well, we're seeing that a little bit with Wolves, aren't we? Because uh, uh, the, the yeah, Europa yeah. League is just fucking them. <laughs> well, Europa I think... As, as it does. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I have to say that I'm in the minority, I'm sure, of one. I know so many West Ham fans wanted to go on a European tour a few seasons ago and a season mm-hmm. before that. I can't stand the Europa League. And I think for a club like us, as much as I want us to finish in the top six or to win a cup... There's a big downside, and the downside is we'd be in the Europa League. Yeah. And I think it would kill us. You know, it's all right if you're 
you're a club the size of Arsenal or Chelsea and you might actually seriously expect to win that tournament mm. with the ultimate prize that you get automatic qualification in the Champions League the following season. But to get that far, you have to have real big, strong squad. Yeah. You have to be used to playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. And it kills... It kills Wolves this year. It killed Burnley, Burnley the year before. Year. Yeah. And it has yeah. that. That's a terrible tournament. It's like, yeah. you know, the two Bob version of the Champions League. And yes. it's, I'm sorry, I hate it. I can remember a year when Arsenal could just pretty much filled two teams because there was mm. that there, there was their kind of cup team that had Bentner in it even, but Bentner couldn't get into the into the first team no. but he was scoring like hat tricks in <laughs> sort of you know the league cup and whatever European competition they were in yeah. but but uh, and I think you know the guy we had from them the sort of uh, uh, North African guy a uh, uh, Shamak uh, yeah. I think he might have played in some of those games yeah, as well for did. Arsenal. And uh, it was a, that, that team was really good. You were, in, in fact, they weren't doing brilliantly in the league. And you kind of go, <laughs> you should swap teams. You should play that other team that you play in the Cups yeah. in your uh, Premier League fixtures. Because, uh, you know, the, they were doing as well, if not better. If you're, significant, if you're significantly and sufficiently resourced, it can be a good competition. Yeah. Look, um, if it wasn't for the Europa League, in truth... Um, Harry Kane probably would have left Tottenham five years ago yeah. because, of course, um, they had that Spanish bloke up front who couldn't hit an horse's ass with a banjo. Oh, yeah. And Kane, therefore, was bloodied in the Europa League, was scoring goals and mm. forced his way into the first mm. team. And Soldado was the player. And had Soldado been able to score 12 or 15 goals a season, Harry Kane would no longer have been a Tottenham player. But the Europa League was very mm. handy for him to get that sort of... Um, Involvement Platform. and experience, yeah. but I don't know. We've got players who need that. I I just like us to. I would like us to make a huge assault on the top four, and you know, an FA Cup run would be lovely. But mm. you know, this is West Ham, and mm. and I know we're going to go on and talk about I it think in it a moment. Us on to, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> the, the Carabao <laughs> Cup. So yeah. whenever you're ready, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm ready now. I think we're I think we're on that subject. Uh, you know, it was a. It was a pretty wretched performance, wasn't it? And, yeah. and the goal was all coming in the second half, I think, didn't they? They, they, they did, yeah. They did, no, no, no. So it was a bit time. of a collapse. Yeah. It was a sort of, you know. Uh, not only do you, do you not want a bad performance for obvious reasons, but you don't like to see a kind of a, a collapse of the sort yeah. of superior team against the inferior team. You know, you, you, you don't want to see a, a team with sort of superior, better paid, better trained players sort of give up the ghost. I'm afraid it, it was like that a, kind of evening when Sanchez, who'd put in a couple of half-decent cameo appearances, suddenly was the old Sanchez, yeah. who couldn't believe that someone had turned in front of him and dead, put the ball in the back of the net. And Mazuaka sprinting off the ball and then sliding along the ground on his ass, <laughs> leaving the forward to just run past him. Yeah. People skipping through the middle of us, and now I'd have to say Roberto in goal, barely moving right. uh, mm. half the time. It just, it just became uh, an absolute embarrassment. Well, I actually, it was a comedy of errors, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I felt sorry for Holland because you know, he's been waiting for his chance. Mm, mm. I, if, if they were going to do that, why didn't they just play the under 23 team? I mean, they. they They've been doing okay been doing in the well, cup. Quite well, yeah. Um, so, and he, of course, got hauled off when we went one down and pulled mm. a Haller on, who must have been thinking, what, what am I coming on to here? <laughs> um, it was just, as you said, it was embarrassing. Um, but to the point of total and utter just surrender. Mm. And mm. That, that, I thought Can we'd gone beyond that those days. At the moment? No, not allowed. No, not allowed. Okay. I thought we'd gone beyond those days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, and we haven't, and... There's been a huge, as there always is nowadays, um, overreaction on social media. Yeah. Um, but I'm long enough into the tooth um, Do you think it was to an recall. Oh yeah, I mean, people are saying it was the worst thing ever. This is West Ham. Look, more Peters and and Hurst with Brooking and Bonds played in, a, in an FA Cup team in 1969 they got beaten 3 nil by Mansfield who were then in the equivalent of League 2 away yeah. I remember West Ham losing an FA Cup game in 74 away at Hereford and we lost at Stockport in 96 um, in the League Cup you know this is West Ham I mean when people yeah. bang on we want the West Ham way well I'm sorry everybody this is the West Ham way yeah. and a good friend of mine and a contributor to this show, Jeremy Dean, were, were talking on, on Tuesday, delighting in the fact that Spurs had been um, eliminated the previous night. Mm. And Jeremy's passing words were, mm, don't want to get too carried away with this because it might happen to us tonight. Yeah. And I thought, it's probably right because you yeah, can yeah, see yeah. it yeah. because it's the West Ham way, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, but it shouldn't be. 
We're trying, we're trying to move on from that. Yeah, I know, but... Come on, Simon, we're moving well, on from yeah, those Yeah, I know, days. but um, I seem to remember uh, an embarrassment in the FA Cup last season at AFC Wimbledon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, I sort of... The, that League Cup has, has lost a lot of its kind of shine for me, I must say. The, the, well, there are, I mean, know. there's still teams who are playing, like, virtual second 11s. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In there, I mean... I, I, I had people saying to me, oh, what did West Ham do? Did they play a lot of youngsters last night? I was like, well, no. Not really, people no. in that team should have been fighting to show that they could, they're worth a place in the yeah, first team. Yeah. Um, but it was a good reaction at the weekend. It was like, you oh, know, yeah. to, to, to go away and sort of get a good reaction. Well, it was back to the first yeah. team. And yeah. I, yeah. The only, being serious for a moment, um, concern I had in particular about the performance on um, Wednesday night was that I started to suspect that from the player's perspective they could see that Pellegrini has got a fixed first 11. He's actually... We've been talking about it for a long time. Mm. Does he know what his best 11 is? I think now he does. And we saw it on Saturday, and we saw it on the previous Sunday. Um, Lanzini's injury and, and Mikel Antonio re- returning to full fitness aside. That's essentially the first 11. And I think the rest know that that's the first 11. And so when you're yeah. talking, Jim, about you would have thought the others would have really wanted to bust a gut... To break into that first yeah. eleven, I think they know they ain't going to break into that first eleven because if they all stay fit and they all stay reasonably in form, mm. who you know who's going to get in ahead of Haller up front? Yeah. Nobody. No one's going to get in ahead of Anderson. No one's going to get in ahead of Yamo, or obviously Nobes, and equally obviously Declan, um, Rice, yeah. Declan Rice and the back four. They're, they're immovable unless yes. they have an absolute disaster. So. I can't see how the others, even including the likes of Wilshire and Fournals, they're never going to be starters. And we all know what the first 11 is. Hmm. Well, then they need to fight for their places on the bench. Well, maybe. You know, that's, they still need to have an attitude where they're putting in a performance that you know, shows that they actually still want to play for the club. I don't disagree with you, but I think that's, I think that's yeah. the reality. And I think, which is, for me, what was most disappointing is the point you alluded to before, which was that we didn't actually, if we're going to go out of that competition, then we really needed to go out with Coventry playing in the centre of the midfield, yeah. with Holland playing the full yeah. 90 minutes, and blood a few other youngsters. If we're going to go out, hmm. then make it a, pur- a, a purposeful exit. Yeah. So you could at least turn around and say, well, at least these other kids now, the under-23s are playing a proper proper competitive game mm. and it makes sense mm. but to get knocked out in the way we did when you've got proper first team squad players just really not giving a hoot mm. about it that to me is the complete waste of opportunity mm. i hope in this season we sort of see um uh what it feels like we are seeing is is uh Fornals, wilshire uh maybe Ajeti getting sort of 20 minutes a game or, you know, 50, between 15 mm. and half an hour a game, to, you know, take Noble off on 75, bring Wilshire on, you know. Uh, it feels like that's something that, uh, I mean, it happened uh, against Bournemouth. Um, Noble got taken off. It's probably quite wise with his, uh, with his slightly ageing legs to give... And also Wilshire was excellent in pre-season. Mm. Um, um, so, we've, we've, you know, it feels like we have a kind of strong uh, bench inside of games. Uh, I thought as well what was disappointing and a, perhaps a bit of concern on Wednesday night. I really had hoped that David Martin would have got a run out between yeah. the sticks. Mm. Um, because for me, I have to say, Roberto terrifies the life out of me. Yeah. Um, and we'll come on eventually to talk about what we all predict for this forthcoming Saturday. Mm. But, um, you know, I just think he's like Joe Harp, the Spanish Joe Harp. Yeah. I mean, you can see there's a mistake in him. Every time he can't kick the fucking ball no. in a game now where keepers have got to use their feet, it's an embarrassment. Mm. Um, he can't catch the fucking ball. No. I don't actually know what he does no. and it's why he's preferred to, to David Martin, who when I saw him, maybe I've always looked at David Martin through claret and blue eyes because you always hope mm. when it's the son of a West Ham legend that he's going to be half decent. Yeah. Um, played some half good games I saw on the TV last mm. year for Millwall. Well, had a good and, cup run with him in goal. Well, a very good so. cup run. And yeah. how Pellegrini can favour Roberto over him, I mm. really don't know. Mm. Let's talk about the uh, women's uh, game after the uh, after this break. Welcome back. Uh, this podcast is brought to you in partnership with uh, Matchpoint. Matchpoint is an online and mobile service which shows sports fans what games are being televised in which pub, wherever they are, on their computer or via their iPhone. It's your best mate for sport. And they have the 
Budweiser Premier Predictor. Now, call it Challenge Win. That's the way to remember it. Call it. You make your predictions each round on the televised Premier League game. Challenge. You can take on your mates uh, or your family for bragging rights and join Super Leagues like the one that goes with this podcast, Stop Hammer Time. The Stop Hammer Time League to take on the presenters and other fans. And then win. Win. Call it Challenge Win. A perfect prediction will win you a Budweiser and points for all your predictions will win monthly prizes like Premier League match day tickets and much more. Uh, and that is Matchpoint, uh, which you can find on the internet and download as an app. There. Wow. So, the... Uh, the <laughs> I hope the app is as impressive as your little spiel there. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, yeah I've, uh, I've, got it, I've got it down now. I can see that. <laughs> I've moralized mem- more or less memorized it. It's a piece, it's a piece <laughs> and of paper. Really it, for, as well. it, it, <laughs> made, it made it sound so yeah. exciting yes. and enticing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I guess it was what it's to do. Exactly. But let's uh, move on. And, and that's my delivery. It's very <laughs> enticing. Um, from my time as a stage hypnotist, it's, I, I, <laughs> I, I, on the whole, can convince people to do anything. Thousands of people are currently downloading the app for Matchpoint because of my mesmeric voice. I have no doubt. Yes. I've just downloaded it myself. And, well, and I can prove it to you. Ah. If, if you you can, see? That's, there, yeah. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Now tell me your <laughs> there, pin number. There it is. Ah, excellent. The little MP in the yellow square. Marvellous. Your enunciation has worked wonders. Yes. <laughs> splendid. Splendid. <laughs> excellent. So, uh, Jim, you went to the... Uh, did, you, did you go to the Carabao Cup game? No, I didn't. Right, no, right, right. No, but you been, did go to the women's game. I did go to the yeah, women's yeah. game, yes. Yeah. Uh, took my lad along, um, which was an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. It's a different experience. Um, was hoping for a better performance from the women, obviously. Yeah. But I was just trying to get a feel for what it was like, obviously, playing in the big stadium and, mm. and seeing what sort of crowd it was going to attract. Are and, all the games going to be in the big stadium? No, no. It's, right. uh, this was a, a one-off. Um, why? Why? Because it was Spurs. Because d- they thought they might yeah. be Because it's a yeah. Chelsea dark. played uh, Tottenham at uh, the Bridge Did recently they? as Did well. They? Yeah, that was until uh, yesterday the second highest ever attendance in the wow. WSL. We just picked them. Right, picked them by a couple of hundred, twenty-four thousand seven hundred ninety. Brilliant, crammed in. To the London Stadium. Crammed into the lower tier. Barely an empty seat to be had. Um, And the weather was shite, but uh, I was actually saying to Simon earlier, I said to my lad on the way in, I said, now listen, there's a lot of young kids here. There's a lot of families. I mean, he's 12. So so just watch the language a bit. And he went, oh shit, yeah. (laughs) And then who was being dug in the ribs when the game started? He's going, dad, shut up. But yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, But the actual football itself... um, Again, uh, we were talking about going to see football in the 70s and you used to the, the blood and guts of the bonzos mm-hmm. of this world. I mean, we've got Jilly Flaherty, uh, who yeah. we're lucky to have. She's only yeah, 28. Yeah. A lot of people think she's a bit older. I mean, she... Yes, she, I thought she was a little bit older. She is, you know, a, a quality player to have. Yeah. But um, and I was looking at my lad thinking, well, he, he's sort of growing up with this sort of tamer version of football. And he was actually quite happy mm. watching the women playing. I'm not saying that, that he's settling for second yeah. best, obviously, no. but... He got a lot more out of it, I, should, I, yeah. I dare say, than, than I perhaps did. I went to one last um, season, went to the, um, the game that got us through to the cup final, the semi-final yeah. against Reading, uh, um, up at um, Wickham, and mm. uh, it's great, I really enjoyed it. Really I mean, game. there's no doubt that the standard of women's football has improved immensely mm. over the last few years, and obviously the publicity of the Women's World Cup has brought a lot of attention to it. There's 31,000 at the Manchester Derby at the start of the season. Which is ridiculous. The previous record was on like 5,000 for an Arsenal game. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you can, you can see this big wave of enthusiasm. But, but just looking at the West Ham team, you, you did expect more from them. I think the occasion... They've got some expensive players, haven't yeah, they? Yeah. Like Leon, the, um, the Korean girl. The, the, Cho, the, they've yeah. They've got some... Um... The occasion got to them. I mean, they were, they were they're playing in the first half. They were, they were trying to play it around and mm. not let Tottenham get the ball. But they were just playing it around the back. And as soon as we got to the halfway line... We're losing possession, and then yeah. Tottenham were, were just pressing. Tottenham had a, a, a lass called Rosella Ian, who's an England, uh, she's 23 year old England, uh, under 17, under 18 international, but she, she kept swapping wings. We, we couldn't mm. touch her. She was just running no, us ragged. It, it's, um, I mean, they've bought some talented players in this attempt to kind of, you know, yeah. sort of 
basically just build a kind of supergroup and stuff. Mm. But they are, uh, in a funny, in a way, they sort of uh, they slightly mirror the the, the men's team, and they're, yeah. they're slightly fancy Dan's, aren't they? There's a lot of skill on. They've got that. You know, when I saw them against Reading, they had uh, Leon, and they had that sort of Swiss or Austrian girl up front. Yeah. Quite a lot of skill, quite a lot of talent. But yeah. we were, were actually, you know, we were lucky to win that game because we were bullied by yes. Reading, who were just a much more physical and much more direct yeah. team. Um, well, se- second half. Um, the, the very start of the second half, um, Lehman, who's, who's a very uh, she's she's very impressive. She's uh, the Swiss international. Yeah, that's she, the one. I'm she about, she yeah. dispossessed the Tottenham fullback, played a perfect ball for Martha Thomas, who is one of our summer signings. Mm. She's got the number nine shirt. She literally had the goalkeeper and a defender at her feet and could have slid the ball in anywhere, and she just kicked it straight into the defender. Mm. A bit later in the game, she was a yard out as the ball came over, and she side footed it past the post. It became a, a whole sort of sorry tale of missed opportunities. Yeah. Um, so, sounds like the Avram Grant season to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but the, the subs who came on, there's, a, there's an 18-year-old lass, an Australian lass, uh, Galabadarashi, Jacinta Galabadarashi. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was snapping into tackles, and she's got some, uh, some talent. She's good on the ball, good, uh, good pace on the ball. Yeah. Um, and uh, they brought on Dali at halftime to add a bit of artistry to oh. the midfield. <laughs> and, uh, but she certainly did. She, um, French international, she, she's not afraid to run at defenders and have a shot. Yeah. So, so there were, there were signs in the second half that the, the talent's there. It's just got a They've gel, just, there's, Yeah, there's, there's, there's been a lot of changes. It's the so. only, that's, that's the only game I saw was the Reading game this season, but I've seen sort of uh, some highlights on the <clears throat> Women's Football League show and obviously some of the, on the docu-soap <laughs> about Jack Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. Some of the football. And it does seem <clears throat> they're clearly a kind of talented group of players, but there's a bit they haven't... They, they don't seem to really gel, uh, mm. and uh, they are also a bit lightweight. And, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and and hopefully they can sort of. Well, that's you what know, if you could have a couple more Jilly Flaherty's in there, yeah. then uh, it would be okay. Yeah. But to get players of that experience with that talent is that's asking. I'm, you know, I'm very something. keen to go to some uh, yeah. games this season. Well, Rush really, Green is uh, is the normal yeah, home stadium. I really so. enjoyed the game I went to. It was great, uh, mm. and and you know, Jim went to the final as well. But yeah, as I say, it was a, it was a different experience. We came away from the game obviously disappointed. You don't want to lose to Tottenham, whether it's Tiddly no, no. table tennis or whatever. Um, no, was there uh, was there a lot of rage in the crowd? Um, um, the the only rage that we witnessed was a, a girl who was about five yelling at a boy who was no relation to who was about seven. He kept saying uh, irons, and she was going, it's come on, you irons! Just watching this argument for about 10 minutes <laughs> was entertaining for about 20 seconds yeah. and then highly irritating for about well, yeah, for the rest yeah. of the half. But yeah, it, it, was, it was nice to see, it was nice to hear all these little voices yeah. piping up and trying yeah, yeah. to sing bubbles because you think, well, they are our future in terms of support. And it, it's cheap to get in. This is like seven quid or something. Well, I was, the, the ticket, I was saying, when we went to Wickham, it was we, seven quid. We've got a season ticket. It was 25 quid 25 for me. 25 quid for a season ticket. Tenner for my son. Yeah. And um, that meant we got him free to, the, obviously, mm. oh, wow. the, the stadium. Yeah, yeah. They didn't charge extra for it. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, um, so yeah, happy. And for me, because I work a lot of Saturdays, obviously, mm. with my, my job. So, so being able to see some football on a Sunday. Yeah. Simon called it earlier. He said, well, we'd turn up and watch anything in a claret and blue shirt. Yeah, I, mean, you yeah. Know, yeah, I think there is... I he, think he's there right. Is a, there is a big part to, to that, um, and I'm not decrying it. Look, I'm of a certain generation. It doesn't particularly appeal to me because I grew up on blood and guts football, and, mm-hmm. and Jim and I were talking about it um, beforehand. Um, and that physical intensity for me, is as, as huge a part of it as playing beautiful football. Mm. Um, but I think it's very important. There is a generation now of youngsters growing up in this country who see it, who don't see that distinction necessarily as I see it because I've been weaned my whole life on men's football. And I find it a real culture change or shift that we're now calling it men's football um, mm. whereas it was just football. Yeah. The prefix men to go before what we usually talk about, I think, really demonstrates the cultural shift that has taken place. And I think all for the good. Um, And it's a different type of supporter in the main that goes to women's football. It's um, much more... It's enthusiastic without being um, aggressive or bombastic. Mm. And perhaps that's to be applauded. And maybe in 30 years' time, um, the landscape will have changed quite dramatically my other reservation about West Ham ladies team is that I have this deep-rooted concern that it exists purely as a plaything for mm. that sawn-off midget 
um, son of a billionaire um, who can seek in a few years' time to lay claim to the um, running of our main team um, purely because of the experience and success he's enjoyed running the ladies' team. And mm. that I, I have this real deep-rooted fear that mm. that's what lies behind all of this. Call me old-fashioned, but yeah. I just can't help but move away from that. Yeah, yeah. No, that doesn't that feels very much on the horizon, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um we are uh playing uh who have we got at the weekend? Crystal Palace. <laughs> Palace. Palace, Palace. Yeah. Palace are going quite well. Yeah. Palace are, you know, um Palace are up there as well. They're going uh pretty well. Um you know, uh, n- none of these fixtures are going to be easy. What do we think? What do we think? Well, it's one of those matches you mentioned Palace. They're a bit hot and cold at the moment. Um they do seem to have been playing well away from home. Um, mm. I don't know, with, with, with Palace, uh, sometimes we feel like we can destroy them and sometimes we just play too openly and let them do what they're yeah. good at, which is giving the ball to one player and watch them run away with it. Um, I would like to think we could do what we did against Norwich and can completely nullify the one player who was the threat. Yeah. So, you know, Pookie's in somebody's pocket yeah. and then uh, the rest of the team can do their thing and then by the end of the game you're not worrying about the final whistle because you've got a couple of goal lead. I think, yeah. I think for me, on Saturday, the key is whether or not Fabianski plays. I think if Fabianski he's plays, play. no, he's gonna be out. Then, then I would anticipate all will be well. But <laughs> I fear that it's not that Roberto can't be trusted as a keeper. It's, it's beyond that because the confidence that spreads from the keeper yep. throughout the back four... Mm. Um, overcomes or carries through the rest of the team. Mm. And what it creates is that fear that if we lose possession, we're in trouble. And when they're all playing with that in the back of their minds, it, 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 it takes away the freedom to play expansive football. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's going to be very telling, unfortunately, on Saturday. Um, with Fabianski there, um, he's so important now to us. Integral, I think, is he is clearly the second best keeper in the Premier League. Um, and, and I think I second only um, to De Gea. I think he's better than Edison. Edison. I think he's better than Allison, And they've both got girls' names anyway. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I think he is that good. Um, I was very dubious when he was signed. I couldn't really see that he was much of an improvement on Adrian. Um, he bloody well is. is yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And th- it's a different defence. And every team is dependent upon a good defence. Palace are, are handy going forward. We all know the threat that Zaha poses. Mm. Um, and I think, unfortunately, without Fabianski, it changes the entire balance of the game. Yeah, we're going to need that. Uh, the Rice and the Central Defenders axis to uh, really be on their game, aren't we? Because, yeah, they are. Uh, Zaha, obviously, and uh, Townsend is great. I, 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 yeah. I, when he was at Spurs, I sort of thought we should but get that Townsend. They seem to be using him as a sub more often these yeah. days. Although, obviously, he scored again um, at the weekend, so perhaps he'll, he'll get a start. Good player, Townsend. I really like mm. him. Yeah, he he's scores a lot really of goals really. from distance. Yeah. Mm. Um, and y- you can't help but think, from 20 yards, if he gets a chance, mm. he'll curl one past or smash one past um, Roberto. Fabianski, you think, Mm. You actually look at Fabianski, and the other effect of what I'm talking about is when we played Man United the previous week, to use the analogy, there are a couple of chances we had before we eventually scored, in the, particularly in the first half, where players who had an opportunity to shoot, you could almost see it running through their mind, holy cripes, it's De Gea, it's De Gea and yeah. I can't just hit this, I have to hit it top bins or right in the bottom corner. Otherwise, he's going to stop it. And the mind game that goes with it, and I think that Fabianski is getting that sense of invincibility about him too, where opposing Mm -hmm. players look at him and think, if I'm going to get this past him, it's going to have to be bang on accurate. Mm. And that affects their ability to just do what should come naturally. Um, So just enforcing or reinforcing the point I've made, I think in so many ways it's, it's such a huge loss to us on Saturday that makes me fearful in a game otherwise I wouldn't have a con- single concern that we wouldn't win but I think that's, that could mm. be the tipping point unfortunately yeah. yeah I like that Liverpool keeper Adrian <laughs> he's great isn't he well, you can see why he wanted to leave, because yeah. he, he knew he wasn't going to get in the team while yeah. Fabs was about. That's yeah, and, and now you can see how foolish it was that we let him go. Yeah. But we couldn't hold him. Yeah. I think, I think 
Palace don't hold any great fears for us. I think, you know, most of the times we've gone there, we've come away with a draw yeah. or something. There was that, you know, there was that game that Antonio threw away at the last moment. I was going to say, it's normally something it. silly that yeah, costs yeah. us the, the full points, I think, isn't got, it? I think it was a 2-2 when we went there in the championship. That's most right. of those games, it's like a draw, or it's draw, a draw at their place and then it's game on when they come here. Yeah, we yeah. often try to crush them, like, you know, that 3-1 yeah. defeat with the Andy Carroll overhead. The Andy Carroll goal, ago. yeah. You know, so, so I don't think they're, they're not a sort of bogey team for us particularly. I no. think we just sort of, you know, roll our sleeves up and get on with it and see how many we can I think it's a very important game yeah. on Saturday yeah. as well. Yes, um, I think I think we need to we we need to win it because we're now entering that run of as they, I hate the term winnable games. Yes, um, and um, Palace is certainly one because the home game thereafter is Sheffield United, mm-hmm. and and then we go into an international break. And yeah. if we're going to maintain um, our position top six. Before the international break, it's a game we really need to win yes, yeah. um, because we've got to stock up those points because we've got a run of toughies. Yeah. You know, after we've got Spurs at home, Chelsea away, um, so we need, I think, yeah. to to have something behind us. Get some points the last, in the bank. Yeah. Including the last few games of last season, we're in this sort of long run of not getting beat, yeah. much, aren't we? Well, you I know, think away like, from home isn't it like six months. I mm, mean, I know mm. that includes the summer months, but yeah. who, who cares about uh, who cares I mean, about I mean, the truth? I mean, <laughs> back <laughs> yeah. We had a fantastic sort of back end, just the last four games or yeah, three yeah. games of the last season. And then, you mm. know, we got beat on the first game by Manchester City. And then, we, you know, we've, we've either won or drawn. So it's yeah. like we've sort of lost one in about the last 11 fixtures or something and mm. it's good that's good for us because you know oh, yeah. good, traditional West Ham is like you know win a couple of games but then get just yeah. massively turned over <laughs> 5-0 by someone who shouldn't be you know Everton or someone who shouldn't really yeah, be yeah. by that many goals but but it's an absolute you know, Reading we beat a 6-0 a few years ago didn't they God, yeah. like you know there's uh, uh, those bewildering losses, you know, that, that we're, yeah. we, we, you know, a bit like Oxford in a way, where, where we absolutely capitulate and just disappear under an avalanche <laughs> of goals from the other side. Um, and, you know, that's not, you know, that feels like we can sort of stay in, we yeah. can stay in games now. Hal is quite important for that, isn't he? Cause oh, I think he is he's a, vital. He's a real outlet, isn't he? He's yeah. genuine. Not that you're necessarily going to bang it long, but you can take the ball out and then just loft a ball into yeah. him, which he may well win. Yeah. Well, he, it's, it's, it's not necessarily that he's not, he hasn't scored for a couple of weeks because he hasn't, and he needs to, actually, because it, it just adds to his confidence. But that, to use the term, you know, that outlet ball mm. is all important, especially when you're under the cosh a bit. Yeah. You, you may well have to go long or two passes, and you need someone to whom it sticks. And we haven't had a centre-forward no. to whom it sticks as well as he does it, I think probably going back to Dean Ashton. Ashton, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a really pivotal part mm. in any game now. It's not just about sticking the ball in the onion bag, to use the term. It's actually sticking, the ball sticking and holding up play and bringing others into it to relieve the pressure. Otherwise, it's a little bit like basketball. It just comes yeah. straight back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when your defence are under constant pressure and you concede when you can't actually get out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think Allaire is really important in that regard. Yeah. But we need to hope. And it's terrible. We've got a run. How many? Where are we now? What's the last day of September? The window doesn't open till January the 1st. He's going to be playing an awful lot of games. Yeah. And... Um, I can't see if he's out where this no. is going to come because that little schoolboy who's the replacement, yeah. he ain't in the. He's not. No, he, no. I'm sorry, he ain't in the same division. Mm. I know I haven't seen much of him. It's just had a couple of minor runouts in the in the Carabao Cup or whatever it's called. But he's a different type of forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really important that we have someone who can hold the place. Yes, we, yeah. want, some, we want to see some game time from Ajeti, don't we? Because, it, because he, he may well get called into service and you want him to yeah. get, you know, a few sort of games under his Well, another, another thing about Ala, it goes back to what you were saying about having a goalkeeper who, who gives confidence to the mm-hmm. defenders. You can see with Haller that the defenders who are trying to mark him, and the, the central defenders mm. are like, "Well, you go, no, you go," yeah. and like you can see the fear in their eyes because he's this big hulking brute who can pick the ball out of the air yeah. by putting his toe six foot in the yeah, air. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just, well, know. it's you're talking about Palace on Saturday for obvious reason, but we won there, um, I think three 0 a few seasons ago, and on Sky goals on Sunday, their guest that day. Um, obviously quite deliberately thinking he'd be talking in a different 
from a different perspective was the Crystal Palace centre-back, Scott Dan, mm. who's quite highly rated. And he said that Diafro Sacco was a complete nightmare because he ran him back and forth and sideways to the left and sideways to the right, to the, to the corner flag. Yeah. He, said, he said after about an hour, he said he was just shattered by him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so if, if you don't play with a, someone like Allaire who holds the ball, you, if you have a different t- sort of centre forward, he's got to put that sort of graft in yeah. and run his, his bigger opponent to the ground physically mm-hmm. to give himself the space and the time later on in the game when an opportunity comes. So it's a different type of player playing yeah. or referable to the type of player you are. But um, a jetty, if he does get a chance, has got a, he, he's not big enough, doesn't have the physical no. bulk to, to play with his back to goal and hold it up. So he's not going to do that, yeah. but he's going to have to make up for it by running his opposing centre-backs hither and thither yeah. to absolutely shatter them. Yeah. Um, and Sacco that's a different was style of play, way, wasn't he? I, I loved Sacco. I thought he was a fantastic yeah. player. And that's what he had was he had an enormous amount of just sort of natural playground footballer guile of just going, I, you know, whoever's marking me, I'm just going to make it very difficult. That was what was, um, you know, Arnautovic had that as well. Arnautovic mm. was very good at bamboozling people, marking him closely. You know, he's very good at the ball kind of, you know, he was yeah. very good. The ball didn't necessarily stick to him, but he trapped and controlled it very well. And then it was his. And he played, and, he played side on beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. he'd open up his body it was instant yeah. control mm. the ball would come and he'd open his body up so then he only had to really just lay it off yeah. or, or take it forward uh, it was quite a clever ploy and also that he had that sort of uh, um, that you know when a, like a rugby player holding off a kind of defender mm, he'd yeah. just you know the ball would come in he'd open it up his body exactly and then just that little shove to give him the extra yard mm. to, 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 to then turn or do yeah. whatever he was going to do had a lot you know uh, and you know again bless him man it's Second time I've sort of slightly criticised Antonio in this game, who I think is fantastic, but he doesn't have any sort of guile at all. That oh, we've always said that. But I, I'm a huge, but I'm a huge fan of yes. Michael yeah. Antonio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's uh, I mean, he knows his sprinting abilities there to be seen, but yeah. also, he, I mean, his heading ability as well. There's not too many people going to head the ball as well as he can, but he, he sometimes it's his timing that he yes. lets him down. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. But it's a bit of a shame because obviously with him injured. So we don't really have a recourse to use That's him as it. a temporary strike. No. We're back to this on out of its Chicharito type setup. We've got tall guy, mm-hmm. little guy, and although the the word is that um, Antonio may be back sooner than otherwise expected, yeah, although more poignantly for me, and I don't understand this, is how he um, contrived to be so no. badly injured um, in the first ten minutes of a game. When we live in a world now of super science, mm-hmm. of a complete change of the anatomy of football, um, where everything is done scientifically and to book and to order, and they're so fit and they don't do this and they don't do that. Um, and I don't want to make it all our yesterdays, but when did you ever see Jeff Hurst pull up? Um, no, when he got, he'd yeah. get kicked all over the place. He'd, he would mm. have lunch, you know, he'd have steak and chips for lunch yeah. around the corner on the Barking Road. Um, but pull up on a, on a sprint, yeah. give over, that would just never happen. Mm. And why is it? And I think that it's, I think maybe that they're overtrained yeah. They're yeah. To, to the point now that if they just step one um, pace over a certain limit, their muscles are ripped. Yes, they're highly tuned athletes. And it's they? too much. Frank McAvenny's, you know, has had a few <laughs> beers the night before and like a couple of hot dogs and then you run out on the pitch, you know, line of coke, run yeah. out on the pitch, you know. And, uh, but, you know, they, they, a lot of those footballers from that generation paid for it later in life, didn't they? Knees, you know, ankles. Yeah. When McAvenny came on this show, uh, you know, he's walking with a walking stick. You yes. Know, had a cane to, and he, he's basically, his ankle was kind of crushed by Chris Kamara. I think. It was. Kamara. And, yeah, yeah. and uh, um, we're talking, uh, ironically, um, in terms of what's happening at the moment, um, politically, I don't want to talk about the substance of it, but all these death threats. Of course, I went to that game um, when Chris Kamara took out uh, McAvenny at Stoke. Mm. And there was a big hullabaloo at the time because Chris Kamara had sent to his home address um, a piece of live ammunition. Wow. Um, that was with, with, with yeah. a message that made it quite clear, this is coming for you, mate, because you've, you, you've 
you've removed Frank McAvenny for the whole season. Um, and people get very upset about stuff mm. like this. Mm. But Frank McAvenny was a super player. He was. Um, God, a was real, fantastic. real yeah. talent. And if he could only have focused more on his football than chasing air hostesses yeah. or, or page three girls or whatever yeah. the hell they were... Um, he would have been an absolute superstar because yeah. he was a phenomenally talented well, player. He's one of my favourite all-time footballers. Do you remember his last game? He sort of signs off with a hat-trick, doesn't yes, he? Yes. Just yeah. to say, well, look, I can do it mm, when mm, I put mm, my mind to it. Mm, but mm. What I loved about yeah. Frank McAvenny was, and I can't remember a time in truth since then, when we had a forward who you knew when the ball was delivered within a sight of goal... Everyone was up. There, it wasn't, yeah. will he score? It was, it was simply, when is the ball going to hit the back of the yeah, net? It was yeah. that certainty, which is a fantastic feeling, feeling. as a fan. Yeah. When you yeah. know, there is, this is not going to be missed. Yeah. Um, and I can recall that in that 85-86 season, we beat the reigning champions, who were then Everton at home, 2-1. And he scored both goals. One was on a through ball. He skipped, um, Southall was in goal, and he, he, he drew him. And the whole crowd were up. There was no... He just no, pushed it right. one side, yeah, yeah. skipped past him the other, rolled it into the empty net. Mm. The second goal, you know, from a corner, I think it was, he just teed it up on his thigh on the corner of the area and everyone was up because you knew that yeah. volley yeah, yeah. was going right in the top corner yeah. and that's exactly where it went. Yeah. And I've longed for a West Ham centre-forward who gives you that same belief as soon as he fastens onto the ball... Mm, this mm. is going to be a goal mm, and yeah. you just know it's going to be a goal there's no disappointment because it's it's going to be a goal yeah, and it yeah, is a goal yeah. yeah yeah he was terrific he was so exciting wasn't he his kind of burst of speed over a short distance was uh, well, that, was, that game was, at Stamford Bridge that season oh the 4-0 game oh, yeah, the four annihilated nils, yeah. Chelsea still my favourite away game to yeah, this yeah. day uh, just, that, just, that was a special game oh, mm, mm. when, when again we were wearing more. the white surrender shirt yes weren't we yes indeed yeah Anyway, it might be uh, it might be time for predictions for the Palace game the weekend. Um, Jim, I'm going to go for a solid two nil. Two nil. Yeah, yes. as long as we keep the ball out of our own penalty area and Roberto's uh, yes, yeah. so, uh, just uh, away from his airspace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simon. Well, because of the reservations I've expressed so clearly about Roberto, I'm going to say two all. Two all. Two all. Two nil. Two all. I'm going to say. Um, we're going to win it 3-1. Oh, goals. 3-1. I think they might score, but uh, we, might, we might bang three in. Well, I think that might be it, gentlemen, for today's Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Wheelands. With me have been Jim Munro. Pleasure. Thanks, as always. Simon Pentel. Lovely evening. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.